Sorry, welcome back to the Whittemore Center here in Durham, New Hampshire. We're on the campus of the University of New Hampshire, and the score at the end of the first period, it's Merrimack 1, UNH nothing. Shots on goal in the first period were 11-6 in favor of UNH. Both clubs went 0-2 on the power play. The only goal of that first period off the stick of Merrimack senior and captain Michael Babcock. He scored just a minute and 43 into the game, assisted by Tyler Irvine and Logan Coombs, and that was it for the scoring in the first period. The score at the end of one, Merrimack one, and UNH nothing. I'm Mike Magnick with John Leahy. Tonight's first intermission is brought to you, as it always is, by Fuddruckers. They're an official partner of Merrimack Athletics. Make sure that you stop in at Fuddruckers for a burger or delicious salad before or after the next Warrior game. Located just down the street from Merrimack at 550 Turnpike Street, uh, Fuddruckers also has locations in Reading and in Salem, New Hampshire. Well, very pleased to, to be joined here by Pete Webster, the longtime outstanding uh, color announcer for UNH Hockey on both uh, uh, video and radio broadcasts. He's on the radio side of things tonight. Uh, Pete, first of all, that first period, uh, power plays, UNH, I thought particularly the power play looked pretty good, but uh, Drew Vogler maybe the story there with a number of pretty good saves, and the only goal of that period, uh, Michael Babcock scores a couple of minutes in. Yeah, that's a, that's a young man down there in net for Merrimack that wants to be called the number one with Without a doubt, he had an outstanding period right off uh, right off the get-go. Uh, angles were excellent, tracking the puck, working around the perimeter, the uh, the semicircle. He was outstanding tonight. Wildcats really brought the house to him in those power plays, and then Vogler stood tall. So he's earned himself a one nothing lead here after 20. Yeah, they had a couple times UNH was able to get a guy in the slot. They had some redirections. Like you said, I thought he tracked it well, saw it pretty well. Some of those got tipped over the net, but some of them on goal, he was able to make those saves, and really the difference in the first period. Yeah, and I like the way, too, UNH worked the puck around the perimeter on their power play very quick. Uh, one spot they did hold the puck down on the left or right wing a little too long for my liking, but their their perimeter work on that, so that makes the goaltender really adjust and shift. And the four guys in front of him did a nice job as well, getting in front of a lot of pucks. So, you know, credit to the penalty kill of Merrimack here tonight, earning this one nothing lead. It seems to be so important these days, I think, especially in college hockey. I don't know what the numbers look like in the pros. I suspect it's not the same, but uh, to score first, to get on the board first, to get a lead, to not be chasing the game. And I know that you know not having had to do that has, has played a role in UNH's re- recent streak where they've only got the one loss in seven games. It's certainly, on the flip side of things, played a role in Merrimack, struggling here now for the last month or month and a half or so. But uh, you know, in that first period, it seemed like Merrimack came out, had a few pretty good shifts where they were able to do, like what you're saying about UNH, able to get that puck to, around the perimeter, able to get guys in front as well. And, and there was traffic there on the shot by by Babcock, I think uh, you know Robinson, Robinson certainly didn't have a good look at that puck when it beat him. But uh, uh, you know, coming out and being able to play like that in the first shift or two of the game is, is always key. Yeah, that was really important for Merrimack. They established uh, you know a, uh, in a kind of an alpha dog mentality there in the first two or three shifts by by uh, you know having possession time in the UNH end. And you got to credit Babcock for the right shot. He went upstairs upper nineties, and we commented uh, across the way here that that's kind of the book that. Uh, Merrimack has on Robinson go high, go high on the big six foot four guy because they've had four or five opportunities. Uh, many of them uh, clanged off the uh, the boards behind there, but Babcock did the right thing. He put the puck up high. The screen did its job. Mike didn't see it until it was by him, and he was disappointed. But hey, credit Babcock. You know, you got you, Merrimack got the senior leadership on that bit. Well, Pete uh, Gildon not in the lineup for UNH today. Kind of a last minute thing. Uh, what do you know about the situation there, and, and how much does UNH miss him? What does he mean 
to this Wildcat team. He means an awful lot of uh, puck control, time on his stick with the puck. Uh, he's uh, improved and gotten better throughout this year uh, with controlling the puck. He swerves and dips and doodles uh, all over the ice. Uh, he has such good puck control. There's a span uh, at the beginning of the season he was losing control of the puck in critical areas. Um, had, a, had a couple of rough games like against Providence, uh, but uh, the Dartmouth series, he really picked it up, limited those turnovers, and that creates guys getting free and that creates opportunities for you at different angles that you really don't expect it's coming. Uh, so UNH really misses that. It's nice to have Benton Mass. He's a more stay-at-home, solid type of guy, plays it straightforward, not swerving, not creative, uh, but very solid and very talented. Nice to have him back in the lineup, but you do miss the creativity of Gildon. And first and foremost, like you guys, I'm a fan of this game. I want to see that kind of creativity. I want to see stuff I haven't seen before. And Max Gildon brings a lot of that to the UNH lineup. He is missed tonight. Yeah, and that's the thing. Both clubs missing their top defenseman with Kovacevic out. He's the same thing, you know, from, from Merrimack. Uh, want to kind of shift gears here a little bit. Both coaches in this game, different coaches than the head coaches the last time they met last season, but both of these coaches having obviously, you know, strong connections to UNH. Nobody knows UNH hockey better than you. Want to ask for your thoughts first of all. Mike Souza took over from Dick Humilly, longtime head coach of UNH. Uh, Mike's been here for a while now, the last few years, working towards this moment. We knew that it was coming. Uh, how's it gone so far in the first few months of his tenure? Well, Mike uh, came in uh, as head coach, starting right away, very prepared. Uh, I, I heard one story that uh, he went into a marketing meeting, and his his collection of marketing ideas that he's collected over the years was a lot thicker than the marketing department. So that's how prepared Mike is. Nobody's going to out-prepare Mike Souza in his job here as a Wildcat. And I think that's set the tone throughout the whole program, as well as the behind the scenes with all the people running things here. You know, tonight is the Crohn's Colitis Foundation night. Uh, uh, Richie Boyd leading the way because he's had to deal with that. And, and uh, you know, all those things have, have come together, all the promotions. Uh, it's 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 kind of a, a, a much uh, thicker band that we have with all these things going on. And Mike has had that expectation of everybody in the program, right down to us broadcasters. And I think that's going to pay off in the long run, and I think it's paying off now with the team out on the ice. What's his relationship with Glenn Stewart? We're always happy to see him, a former Merrimack associate coach, now doing the same here at UNH, his alma mater, and now uh, him getting to work with Mike Souza. Yeah, I think that that's a great combination. I think there's a great combination between the three coaches, but having Stewie, the former Wildcat great here, and Mike's the Wildcat great here too, and Jeff Giuliano, you know, he's a New Hampshire guy. He did play at BC. We'll let that slide a little bit, but he's a New Hampshire guy. You know, this is Granite State, and uh, I think the three guys are going to do a tremendous job here. I uh, like all three of them. I, I really haven't spent time uh, with uh, with Jeff, but uh, Stewie is just, he's always great to see around the rink, and uh, they're all very personable, and uh, I think they convey that love of UNH, uh, not only to their team, but to the fans as well, and, and, and that's very, very important. And then Scott Bohr taking over from Merrimack this year. He spent many years here at UNH as an assistant associate head coach under Dick Humilly. Uh, your thoughts on Scott Bohr, what he did here at UNH, and, and him coming to the uh, taking the, the helm of Merrimack. Scotty, he's a class guy. Number one, he exudes class. Uh, he's got an outstanding resume from Colby College to Lake Superior State to, uh, you know, he came back east to a New England College in Henniker for a year before Dick Humilly saw him and said, hey, we got a spot to fill. You come fill it. And uh, he had a lot of tremendous years here. Uh, he's a great hockey mind. He was in that uh, Providence College coaching box down there and led Providence 
uh, to uh, to uh, the, the national prowess that uh, they have now, and a lot of that was Scotty Borak. So I look for great things for Merrimack with Scotty Borak leading the, leading the helm. He's uh, he's a great guy. He's got a great family. I remember being out in North Dakota and he, during a Christmas vacation. He brought his two kids, two of his kids with him, and uh, they were kind of nutty running all over the place, but they were an awful lot of fun. Uh, and around the hotel, which you don't go out in North Dakota in the wintertime, so it's all around the hotel. But to get to know his family a little bit, and I knew his wife Cheryl from uh, coaching soccer at Phillips Exeter Academy in the summertime. Uh, so I, I knew the class people, and uh, Scotty's going to do a great job. I wish him nothing but the best. All right, Pete, thanks so much. Uh, before we let you go, great to see you doing well again. Uh, really, really awesome. Uh, how you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling great, Mike. Uh, I had a rough year last year. I had to take half the year off, but... Uh, feeling great. Uh, I know some of the things uh, not not exactly what Richie Boyd deals with, with uh, Crohn's and colitis, but uh, uh, some colon stuff uh, put me on the table, but uh, I'm back healthy, raring to go. I've been going all year and just love to be around the rinks and seeing guys like you. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to be back in the Hockey's broadcasting ring. Well, it's our pleasure to get to see you. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on again. Well, you know, we'll have, have to do this again sometime, but a quick thought, uh, second period coming up here. Uh, one thought for both clubs. What do you think they have to do? Oh, boy. I think uh, 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 both are jeez uh, that's a great question because that was such an entertaining first period but I think uh, the Wildcats need to find that finishing touch they've got good puck movement good transition through the center zone they need that final play and it might be an extra pass to get Vogler out of position right, right. All right, well, thanks again Pete we certainly appreciate it back on the UNH broadcast we'll talk to you again soon thanks alright thanks a lot Mike Pete Webster has been our guest here in the first intermission the score is Merrimack 1 and UNH nothing we'll be back with more right after this this is Warrior Hawk Thank <laughs> you.